Hello and welcome to The Great Idea. Roly, what have we got for our listeners today? We've got some really good stuff. We have a brand that is making uh, the first change to its label in a very long time. We have um, a much more serious, very hard-hitting campaign which hit London recently. We're also going to talk about a certain grime star floating down a river, (laughs) a steak restaurant willing to have a laugh at itself, and everyone's favourite furniture shop doing stuff that we really love. Hello. So, Rafter's here. Hello. Hello. Tell us about yourself, James. So I am. I work at VCCP, which is an advertising agency. Um, um, I work as a creative, so think of ideas for adverts, and I work across all the clients like TFL, EasyJet, O2, Cadbury's, uh, just a bit of everything across the agency, really. And sort of think of try and think of adverts. And I know this is a very rudimentary way of looking at it, but. In creative partners, there are I like to think of it as words and pictures. And which one do you do generally? So I I am a words man, and my partner Miles is more images. Um, uh, but yeah, we swap, swap, swap around a little bit. But yeah, that's mainly where we sort of stick. And that's why we have you and not Miles with us. Because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't, doesn't speak words so well. Uh, Cheers yeah. for coming, man. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. So. Uh, as always, after a little break, we've got some ideas for you, and we'll go straight in with our first one. It's one that is a real favourite. I think it's it's something that I've has been a favourite of of mine and Tobes's. Probably, I'd say up up amongst the best things that we've talked about. So you may have seen it was so widely covered, uh, which of course is PRs. That's what we love. That sweet sweet, sweet cove. Um, so HP, a bastion of full Englishes and bacon sandwiches for as long. Uh, as, as for as long as we can remember, uh, has changed its label for the first time in its 123-year history. Uh, for those that are not familiar with the HP label, uh, HP actually stands as, stands for Houses of Parliament Source, uh, and the label is uh, the Houses of Parliament and Big Ben. So uh, what they've done is it's so simple, and that's why it's so good, is they have added to their label the scaffolding, that currently surrounds Big Ben. Obviously, Big Ben is in the process. Of, I think it's a four-year regeneration process. It's not going to chime for four years. A few MPs were a bit upset about it for reasons we don't really know why. Um, yeah, so it's the first label change in 123 years. Um, it went absolutely everywhere. Um, you know, I, I, there's no, there's nothing more to it than that, really, is there? Um, so I'll, I'll open the floor to to some comments, Tobes. Uh, yeah, it's just class, isn't it? I, I think it's easy uh, as people in the UK to just to go about your daily lives thinking Big Ben's in a big cage and it's ruining tourist photos and, and think nothing other than that. Uh, but HP, they have a complete right to um, try and own that moment reactively because it's it's a, a one and part, part and parcel with the brand. Um, it's super brave to amend what is basically your brand's IP and... Um, the reputation of your logo and how it's developed, especially as a heritage band like HP that is well established over a period of years, um, to try and change it in a tongue-in-cheek way to reference something that's going on at the moment. Mm. There are so many reasons why it probably shouldn't have gone through. I know sort of costs and sort of you know redoing the packaging and the sort of printing and everything about it, but what's lovely is that it did go through and it has happened and they should just be like commended for that. It's really, really good. Really, really nice. Yeah, it was, it really, the, the coverage really was wall to wall. It was absolutely everywhere. 
from the BBC to the Times. Scaffolding magazine. Scaffmag.com <laughs> covered this. The Holy Grail, scaffmag.com. Any, if you are anyone in the scaffolding industry, you will know Scaffmag. Um, but oh, it was it was everywhere. You could, you, it was absolutely everywhere. And I can't, I'm trying to remember the day, the actual day that it broke. Because obviously we've talked a lot about how at the moment it's so difficult to try and get cut through because of how busy the news agenda is. It was the 31st of May, I've just checked. 31st of May, you know, you know, peak Brexit um, and all that kind of stuff. And it's just such a fun and kind of irreverent story that I honestly think you could have had, you could have had, you know, Theresa May could have announced that she was, an, that she was, that we were, she was taking the UK to a no deal on that day. And this still would have got coverage <laughs> everywhere. I, which I think is the real hallmark of a, a really good, a really good kind of creative and, and campaign. I think Toby, you were saying as well, how you liked it was more than just, they did it. It was the kind of the, the um the assets they provided with it as well definitely it was like they didn't necessarily need to put as much effort into it as they did but there were some lovely photos to go with it there's a really happy chappy scaffolding man uh, who looks like he could easily be one of the people uh involved in putting the scaffolding up on big ben basically scaffolding man isn't really the right term is it a builder, like a, a, builder yeah. a construction <laughs> worker rather than a scaffolding man uh but he like he one of the press photos for this campaign was like uh, chap in a yellow hard hat which randomly has an HP source logo on the hat like the whole point of this story is that you've changed your logo so I think the photo has enough branding but anyway they've managed to nail it and get two logos in um, a photo that was covered really widely um, plus they included obviously assets of like heritage adverts in the past um, and they included like comparison photos and really detailed zoomed in versions of two tiny men putting up the scaffolding on mm. their on their label it's just like so much thought obviously went into it rather than it just being like a quick reactive and them saying it's going to be a limited trial and it being like two bottles that were handed to I don't know like breakfast influencers mm. um, it just seemed really really class well that's what we were saying before about breakfast influencers and stuff that as a brand and you know, do, do we ask each other do millennials do they use HP Source anymore? And we we weren't sure because it seems <laughs> yeah. like it seems like a it's a sort of you get in a calf, you get it for big fry ups, and in the age of really nice looking halloumi fried avocado sourdough toast, or do you you know with sriracha that would be you know in balsamic glazes, you know a big dollop of brown sauce isn't isn't what you know you see the nowadays. So the idea that they're getting they're sort of they are here and they're sort of making themselves known again is really nice in a time where maybe people will phase them out a little bit. Totally. I mean, I must, I think HP sauce tastes terrible. I've, I've <laughs> never liked it. I gave it a solid go and I just prefer ketchup. But it's what you just talked about, the balsamic glaze. And to link this, it's such a brand piece. It's, you know, so often when you, you think about campaigns and it's it's about, there's a specific there's a specific message you're trying to push or a product or an announcement. This is a purely brand piece. And the, the story lends itself to really in-depth, pieces like i'm looking at the bbc piece now and there is a hp's history potted and there are one two three four nine bullet points talking about the history of hp like when would you ever get editorial that would cover that and you talk about <laughs> balsamic glaze it turns out that it was removed with the brown sauces made so it's made with a malt vinegar base so you could see it is the original the original <laughs> balsamic the, glaze the original glaze exactly and it, you know there's so good stuff like in the 1960s and 70s, it became known as Wilson's Gravy because the wife of the Prime Minister, Howard Wilson, told the Times he would smother his food in it. Like, you can't... That's just... It's just almost like... It's remarkable just the level of just brand building these kind of these articles have, 
have done and I think something as simple as the label changes has obviously led to all of that which basically means it's the perfect campaign for them given the context like just like you were saying James nobody has HP sauce with their brunch but really to your point they already have this amazing heritage and people know exactly who they are I think James you were saying before you, they just needed a bit of a shock, like a wake-up call, like a, a, a statement to make people remember who HPR and what they're doing. Well, they probably haven't, we were saying they haven't changed their mess recipe, I imagine, in a very long time. They haven't changed the packaging for a very long time. They are on the shelf. You probably have one in your cupboards at home at the back and you probably don't use it very much. So the idea that they have sort of been jerked awake and have done a very relevant piece of PR is very unlike them, which makes it even better. Like, the, I can't remember the last time I've seen the BBC News or anyone cover HP Source. HP Source. It's just there. Yeah. Yeah. It's there. It exists. I would be interested to know, actually, how many people who have that, as you say, a jar or a bottle of HP Source at the back will go out and buy, might have seen this and the next time they're in Tesco or wherever it is, will go, oh, I should probably buy a new bottle because it's got a new label. I mean, I, I've, I've, I don't know. Or whether I think there's collector's items. Yeah, there. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe the moral of the story is if you're a heritage brand that you're worried that no one buys your stuff anymore because you don't look good on Instagram, feel free to dick about with your label yeah. for yeah. a cultural moment because any brand, look it's actually label. decent. Does it need changing? If it does, change it up a little bit. <laughs> now, all in all, all in all, I think we were pleased and we liked the idea of the HP, the HP HQ at the top of their office at the top of Big Ben. <laughs> what can we do? Sales are declining. <laughs> and the manager goes, God damn it, I can't see out the window anymore because of this damn scaffolding. <laughs> My God, Harold. Well, say that again. You're on to something there. <laughs> Jenkins, give me, a, give me some paper and a pen. Oh. Brilliant. So, all in all, we liked it a lot. Very much so. Cool. Very good. So James, apart from our breakfast, which Ronnie doesn't like. Yes, I like it unless until I have to eat it. Yeah. Zero um, HP sauce eaters on the pod today. I love, I love, I big fan HP sauce. Mad respect. A thigh slap as he talks. You know, if you have baked, if you have baked beans, it might have been. You don't need ketchup with that. It's too tomatoey. You need something to cut through. Fair enough. We can mate. talk about that later. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, pet, pet that up offline. Uh, James, you've brought an idea to talk about. So I brought forward the Grenfell Charity Project, which um, essentially was projecting messages on uh, condemning the lack of government action onto uh, dangerous buildings in the city, ones that are still vulnerable or haven't had sprinklers installed, haven't had cladding removed. Um, and so it's been two years now. So I think it was a reminder for the Grenfell Charity um, that, you know, to demand change, and you know it was it essentially it was these messages printed on the buildings that are under threat and that's what i was saying to the guys is what i really liked about it is that you know it's been two years after the sort of tragedy and stuff and to to use the buildings as your sort of poster site is what makes it it elevates it from just another advertising campaign sort of another poster into something which is covered by everyone it's very prable and it's clever and it's simple and there's a reason why everyone covered it well, we were saying, I, I mean, I know it was an ad agency that did remind me of the agency. Anomaly. Anomaly. This is a PR campaign, really, rather than an advertising campaign, I, I, I suppose I would argue. In that, yeah. As you say, the beauty of it is that you, you're not, you're obviously you're not paying for any, like all of the, all of the, uh, you know, the, the coverage rather, or the, the outreach has been done, hasn't been paid for. No, no. Um, so it's a PR campaign in, in that respect. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's so, um, it's so effective 
um, and so current as well because of what happened in Barking. Was it a, a week before? There was those yeah. flats in Barking that went up in, in flames because yeah. the wooden cla- wood cladding, which you know, this it's a re- it's a really awful subject matter, really awful. Um, but it just kind of goes to show how how important this stuff still is. Um, and uh, in the, yeah, how, I can't say any more than just it was it was a really timely reminder just before the campaign went live but just about how disgraceful the, the lack of action has been really. yeah people having to pay for their own cladding to be removed and you know, all the sorts of messages you see but instead of saying the message instead of it saying a building is still under threat it was saying this very building that you're literally looking at is under threat mm. not one 10 miles away not one you don't know the one you're seeing and I think that's what made it so powerful it really hammered home that like it's not just any building it's this building which is amazing and they did the House of Parliament as well, right? So yeah, they followed it up a few days later saying these guys haven't done anything about it. So it's twisting on its head being like, you know, these guys still haven't done it. So I think the House of Parliament has had projections on it before. So that particularly isn't new, but I, I think the relevancy is just is pretty amazing. And as I say, it got everyone sort of covered it and it kept it in the front of people's minds in a busy time. So I think it was really good. Yeah, well, I think I think projections as a whole within PR isn't necessarily anything new. Um, when we had a interesting point earlier when James you said you know it's cheap as chips for a, yeah because within advertising campaigns you're used to spending hundreds of thousands of pounds on the space in which to display your advert um whereas it's funny obviously with PR budgets that are traditionally smaller you know I think projections are one of those things that everyone thinks are really cheap but they're not mm. doing multiple projections costs a, costs a lot of money costs a lot of money like I would given that they did you know several projections and several points that would have cost tens if not you know probably in the tens of thousands mm. of pounds so it's, mm. it's an interesting kind of look at you know an ad agency will approach and think god yeah this is a really cheap way of getting our message across whereas maybe if it had been a PR agency coming at it yeah. the idea is great but then that's that thought oh well it's quite an expensive way of, of getting our message across so it's kind mm. of interesting to look at it in that respect yeah it's inter- I think it's interesting seeing advertising doing sort of PR ideas like the the male suicide one with the guy standing on top of ITV Tower. Again, yes. that was for an advertising thing. That was pretty, very, very yeah, simple. Like, you know, yeah. like it, it was. But again, it was. I think doing. I think it's just using it as a peer, treating it as a PR. Ex, you know, exercise is you get so much more effective results. I think than just saying let's just do another poster or TV ad. Well, it's making it a story. Yes, that, yeah, that's yeah. the hard. It's making it's making it a story. It's yeah. not just a, a message or a you know or uh, you're not communicating a message it's no. a story there is a inherent story in it which makes it newsworthy and, and relevant to you want people, so. I think with those campaigns you want people to do something it's not just another sort of like we do this or like have you heard about this or offer it's, it's you need to change it whether it's male suicide or whether it's grandfather it, it was when it wants people to actually make a difference I think you need to do PR ideas I think absolutely and I think the real solid test is if you were walking past one of those buildings at the time and they were projecting it and you saw it, mm. if you were then to go online and Google, because you'd want to, you, you'd want to know what you'd seen, yeah, that is inherently makes it a story, doesn't it? Yeah, you take a picture of it. I can't remember the last time I've taken a picture of a poster. Absolutely. So again, a really a really effective campaign. We think over obviously a you know incredibly sad subject matter. Mm. 100% and it's easy to do nothing so they should be commended for doing something as poignant and as perfect and as it, 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 that suits the format that it wanted to be as we've said which is creating a new story and mm. um, you could send out a press release about Grenfell and it might not have the impact that this it, it captures the moment and mm. um, it's perfect yeah. it uh, harks back a little bit to the other Grenfell campaign I can't remember if it was you that, that kind of jumped on the um, the three billboards 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was obviously, was it three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri that, that we did really well at the Oscars? The theme when you know the Francis McDermott's character puts the three billboards up. Um, they did the same thing. It's 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 very kind of that ilk, isn't it? Making yeah. making the make almost making the, the advert the story or the story of the advert in which way yeah, it, it makes it hard to ignore i think as soon as the message becomes something you can't just skip past or you know sort of like fast forward through it it's pretty it's done its job hasn't it yes so two obviously very different campaigns there one uh, uh, the more serious end of things one uh, more light-hearted moves us on to aob any other business uh, Tobes, do you want to um, introduce us on our first one? One that I would say has been talked about widely in PR circles. Uh, yeah, I mean, basically, you, I mean, I'm sure you saw it, but Stormzy did a gig on the Thames. Uh, the PR industry collectively groans as a campaign that almost feels like random things that work well in PR cam- like campaigns generate a Stormzy down the Thames. But EE basically... Uh, put on a gig where it was the first ever gig streamed by 5G um, and it involved Stormzy on sort of a weird platform at night floating down the Thames performing um, basically alone on a weird island uh, in the middle of a river um, creating a gig that looked like it had abysmal atmosphere um, and doing nothing really for, for me or anybody else. Yeah, my main issue with this is that it looked rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was watching Stormzy from 50 metres away. Surely, the whole thing about like either going to a gig or if you're looking at a gig, like whenever you, you know, think about it, for example, like you're watching the BBC Glastonbury coverage. Yeah. And you're watching it and you look at the performance and you think, God, the atmosphere looks amazing. I was like, why would he want to associate himself with a gig that looks toss? Yeah, it looks rubbish. Um, really rubbish. Yeah, and as you say, so it's like, Throw all those components in, it was, it was always going to get loads of coverage. Yeah. Because, it, because also, bear in mind, it was newsworthy in that E were launching their 5G network that day. They could have done nothing and they would have got blanket coverage because it's a newsworthy thing in itself. And I just, it just seems like such a. It's one of those ones where a load of creators have gone into a room and convinced themselves it's a good idea. And then, Raft, you were saying you, you thought that probably that Stormzy might have been forced upon them. I think probably he probably said we've got Stormzy do something with him. I think I mean, he would have said he's really, you know, he's got the album coming out, he's headlining Glasto, you have to use him, that's mandatory. Whatever you do with him, it is up to you. Sell 5Gs in Stormzy, which, not to defend it, but it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's, it's tight, it's tight brief when you sort of get given that already, but, you know, the, sure. it wasn't great. I would argue the Thames, it's the Thames thing. It's the. It's Storms so ra- yeah, it's so random. It's so PR esque. Float something down the Thames. Why not the Humber? It's no, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, why, it not, well, why not another, yeah. another oh, river? The know? Yorkshire Post front yeah. page. Yeah, come on. It's definitely begrudging respect as well. Like obviously everybody wishes their job was that easy, and you can say like, oh, uh, do you reckon we can get storms in floating down the Thames? I don't yes. know. If, I don't know if I'd call my feelings respect. It, in all honesty, no, no, it's jealousy. I mean jealousy. Like I have respect because I am jealous of. The fact that, yeah, I, I imagine phoning up the sun being like, you're definitely going to run this. He's on a barge. Are the fans with him? No, you know, 50 metres away. Okay. I mean, I've, yeah, I'm, going en- fast? I'm, no. I'm envious of whoever had the got to hit send on that coverage report to EE being like, yeah. yes, it went everywhere, obviously. Because not only have we launched 5G, which in itself was a huge thing on the news agenda because of all the Huawei stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 
you know, and I like the BBC being the bastion of reporting that it is. I've used bastion twice on this podcast. Good word. I don't think I've used it at all in any of our previous <laughs> episodes. Um, they're like, it's like buses. Wait for one. <laughs> <laughs> um, sticking to the news story, Stormzy was very much second. But I think, but you're right. You, Storm, I mean, Storm, Stormzy's cool. Stormzy's newsworthy. But just don't have him playing in the middle. Don't have him playing in the middle of the Thames. It's, it was just, I, I remember going on Twitter and it was the classic PRs up in arms being like, oh, look. Yeah, eye rolling. You, yeah. could, you could hear the eye, eye rolling of the PR industry going on. I also don't think Stormzy playing in the Thames tells me anything about the quality of stream. Like, no, no. So, so in terms of like messages communicated, it is so brash in the sense that they just, just want to get that. E equals five G message out there. If it was an educating or telling people what it is, which he did that, I guess. For your for your standard consumer who maybe is not super aware, but is someone who's like, I want to have the most up to date stuff, and you know, I want you know, you know, the kind of people who will buy a new iPhone the minute it comes out. You know, maybe they would have seen this and be like, you know, they would have they might be reading a paper that or a source that doesn't necessarily cover the tech the heart kind of tech stories and be like, oh my god, Stormzy. Yeah, 5G, I suppose it might have done a job. But, I, but my argument is that they would have done that with him. They could have picked just a really cool location with a great gig. Yes. If it was that advert for barges, it would have done really well. <laughs> <laughs> we got the best barges. So I, I, I guess there's a point to be made there that they they could have sent out a tech release and there could have been people reading about how EE were pioneers or at the forefront of a 5G movement and... The, your regular consumer may not have made the mental connection between EE and that kind of technology. Whereas now, although they're doing something big and what I would call is easy, um, they're helping to guarantee just that that sort of memory structure and they're, maybe they don't feel like they need to do anything more complicated than that. They just want to associate themselves with 5G and they don't care whether you know what it is or does. Sure. Um, but, but that is a cynical way of looking at Something that probably could have been a bit better and should still have some criticism for being easy. <laughs> it doesn't make it a good creative. Let's put it like that. Right, right. It's, yeah. it's just like a just like a cynical um, throw money at the. Pro- I don't know how, how far I want to go in on Ian. Yeah, let's. <laughs> yeah. But but like it seems it, it, yeah. I I don't think anyone was screaming and yelling about how smart that creative was. Sure. So up next, uh, this is a, a little bit old, but it was really good. Really good, actually. Uh, I feel like we've had some really, some really excellent kind of reactive social stuff on here recently. Um, so yeah, last month, um, Hawksmoor Steak Restaurant, uh, it was their Manchester branch tweeted that a uh, unfortunate waiter had accidentally given a customer a four and a half thousand bottle of red wine, a two thousand one bottle of Chateau Le Pomerol. Uh, instead nice. of a two hundred and sixty, a, a mere two hundred and sixty pound bottle of Bordeaux um, of the same vintage, so they they came, they got on their social, they tweeted it. Uh, imagine being our waiter who has given away a four and a half grand bottle of because obviously, if the customer orders a two hundred and sixty quid bottle of wine, you give them the wrong one, you can't make them pay for it. They no, haven't ordered they it. They have to have it. Uh, but really good on Hawksmoor for kind of taking it upon themselves to make a bit of a joke at it, show that people make mistakes. You know, let's put it like this. If he does it again, I think he'll probably get fired. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, he's on the deli counter for yeah. now. He's out of the one section. Like, uh, and you know what? Fair enough. That's gross misconduct <laughs> yeah. on two counts. Um, so uh, yeah, good on them. And, and it, it was picked up everywhere. Again, it was on BBC. It was on the Times. 
uh, the Guardian. It was really widely picked up, and I think it just, you know, it kind of just showed a really, a really kind of nice side of Portsmouth. Admit your faults. People love it. Always do that. Always, always, like where you can, where people will react positively if you're happy to put a smile on your face when something might have gone wrong in, in a mm-hmm. sports day. I feel way more affiliation with Hawksmoor uh, because of that. I also thought it was funny that Specsavers tweeted them, that replied to that tweet being like, you know what we're going to say. <laughs> yeah, don't have to say it. Yeah. You, know you know what we're going to say. You know. It was very reminiscent of ASOS. Do you remember there was the story, we spoke about it, uh, the young woman on Twitter who said yeah. that some bloke on Tinder had slagged off her dress yeah. and ASOS used her as a model. Brilliant. It's it, right was so that it was so That was so good. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got one more, which is... There's been loads of really good stuff on today's episode, actually. Well done to our wider industry for being uh, so good over the past month. Sorry, E. <laughs> but I'm you, E. And, 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 <laughs> and E, also. <laughs> I, do like, I quite like the Kevin Bacon adverts, though. So, yeah. you know, you win some, you lose some. So, so I'll, I'll let you introduce this one. Oh, um, so basically, uh, we really enjoyed how IKEA had recreated famous living rooms from popular shows like Friends, Stranger Things and The Simpsons um, but as a part of the recreations that they had made in sort of real sets they posted these pictures that also demonstrated um, how you could get loads of the items that were in those famous living rooms um, as at, at Ikea so if you imagine the sort of classic Friends living room whose living room is it? Phoebe and... It's, it's no, Swartz, it's, it? it's Monica's it's Monica and, and Rachel's, Rachel's yeah. yeah, which Chandler moves in, Chandler yeah. moves into, yeah, the purple, um, one. the purple, yeah, the big purple one. Um, you it, that, imagine that photo. You've seen that living room a hundred million times on reruns on Comedy Central, but it has price annotations that show you um, where you could get the sofa from, or where you could get the plant pot from, or whatever. Mm. Um, it's nostalgia factor, but that's backed up with a, a reason to be because living rooms are obviously well stocked in the IKEA department it, it just like you connect with it personally because you have a personal connection with the show and the brand have a real reason to be there the images were really nice it, the detail that's taken everyone appreciates you think oh it'd be so cool to try and recreate that it's room. so cool it's just nice it's so we, we, we said it'd be great if they could just do a museum or a walkthrough of actually make them for real and you could walk through you know three or four different living rooms throughout movies and films and like sort of like Disneyland sort of thing if you walk through that would be really cool have them in Ikea stores it was just a really nice really really nice idea yeah that's such a good that you're right that's such a good build you can Instagram would explode oh yeah. god yeah with people going through that and taking photos well, it's like Friends Fest yeah it's like, you know, Friends Fest did ridiculously well. It's because if you can find a cultural moment that can you connect with people emotionally about something that they have a shared interest in, um, but and have a real not like have a real reason to be there, it's a perfect combination. But you look at like uh, King's Cross with the whole nine and three quarters. Yeah, know, people line up to uh, what's it called? Like you have the trolley halfway through the wall. People like that. Imagine if you had an IKEA store and you have a friends thing. Like people be in your store already All, to line yeah. up and do it. Yeah. They're gonna bring a It's cool. it, it would shift product. It would, I'm you'd, sure you'd of go, it as well. You'd go to IKEA's. I'm shit. Like looking at these photos, it's the friends one that is my favourite because obviously it's the most realistic. Yeah. Um, and you kind of look at it and like, we, we, so we've got the photo in front of us. And if someone said to you. That's leaving from friends. You'd think it would. You'd think it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. It's um, great. It's really clever. They should just. I wish they'd make them like go there. It'd be great. And yes. You buy a cushion if you need a throw cushion, and then you think it's exactly like the one that Rachel had. Yeah. Mm. No better reason to buy a throw cushion in my book. Yeah. You shift. You, as Roy said, you shift so much product. 
so that's all our ideas. Um, James Rafter, thanks very much for coming, man. Thank you very much for having me. And I should say thank you for bringing a PR idea, uh, even though we've invited an ad man on. Got to know your audience, you know. You've got <laughs> so thank you for that. But all round, some really good stuff. It's been a little break, but it's been a good one to come back on. I think loads of really good, really good ideas. Rock on, squad. Cheers for listening. Cheerio. Bye.